Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by the Relaxed Dog. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Our guest this week is my friend Karen Cobia, and she is going to tell us all about her Whippet Arizona, also known as Zass. But first, we'll get into a little bit of doggy news. Over to the US. And Orlando Bloom is inconsolable over his missing poodle, Mighty. So a couple of days ago, don't know the details, Mighty is out and around, possibly in the Santa Barbara area. If you find Mighty, give Orlando a call. And over in Baton Rouge, a truck driver stopped to buy himself a donut And in that short period of time, a woman jumped into the truck and drove off with it. And I don't know whether she, well, obviously she knew inside the truck was the truck driver's Labrador Wymarina Cross Roja. Unfortunately, the woman then left the truck, left the windows and everything closed. And unfortunately, Rohir passed away due to heat exhaustion. Now, they did catch up with that woman and she is now serving 12 years behind bars. 10 years of that, the judge said, was for aggravated cruelty to animals and she got charged with a few other things as well. Over to Ireland and if you're listening from Ireland, keep an eye on your dogs. Authorities are calling it an epidemic, but there has been a spate of dog thefts. One in particular that I came across was a Springer Spaniel by the name of Daisy and her seven puppies. Now the thieves broke into their home, took Daisy and her puppies, and then for whatever reason cut the microchip out of Daisy and then left her. Now, amazingly, she has been reunited with her carers, but unfortunately, none of her puppies have been found. And in a little bit more of a positive note, in Singapore, a lady by the name of Yo Chu Hun had to get put into a hospice for her health, and she was separated from her dog, of 10 years company now the people in the hospice she was in there for a couple of weeks they changed some rules and got the dog to come in and see her and everybody enjoyed witnessing them being reunited and now we'll go to our featured interview with karen letting us know about zas well, welcome everyone. My guest is my friend Karen, and she is going to tell us all about her whippet, Zass. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. 
Thank you. Um, you probably want to know how I got Zaz and how she got a name. Um, she's one of the, well, she's probably the only purebred dog I've owned and bought from a breeder. We generally have uh, rescues. And Zaz has got some very long um, pedigree name, which is very hard to pronounce. But when she came to us as a pup, we, we did name her Arizona. But for some reason that didn't last and she's ended up with Zass. So um, she came to us, as I said, we've always had rescues and she came to join our household. We already had a couple of other dogs plus various other rescues at all times. So she was joining a household where there were multiple other dogs, um, dogs coming and going. She came to us when she was about <clears throat> three months old because we'd had a parvo scare with uh, one of the dogs that we'd brought in as a rescue. So we wanted to wait until she was fully vaccinated and everything was okay um, just to make sure she was going to be fine and not catch anything. So, Okay, so she's she stayed with the with the breeder. So you'd already gone to, to see her? Yes, we went and visited her a couple of times. Um, so we were living not far from Canberra and the breeder was at Yass and, and we went and visited a couple of times. But the breeder... Um, the dogs were kept in kennels, although the breeder assured us that, you know, they brought the puppies inside regularly and, and they were handled and everything. So, uh, yeah, that was that was fine. Um, I guess one of the reasons I was looking at whippets, I'd um, already had some, some rescued greyhounds and my fostering, I would often foster greyhounds. I didn't initially start fostering greyhounds, but once I met one, I kind of fell in love with them and, um, I still have one now. I always have, I think I'll always have a greyhound, but they're not lap dogs. And I thought, oh, you know, it'd be nice to have a smaller dog that I could just sort of cuddle up with on the couch, maybe a bit of a lap dog. And I thought, oh, well, whippets, they're very similar to greyhounds. And I like my greyhounds, so we might try a whippet. So I got this whippet, and she absolutely hates being picked up. She has her entire <laughs> lot. <laughs> and I thought, um, is this typical of whippets? And I've since talked to other people who own whippets and said, no, your whippet's broken. Um, they generally love, you know, cuddling up on your lap and being picked up. And she just does not, even to this day, she does not like being picked up. Um, the house we're living in now has got um, quite steep stairs. And as she's getting to be a little old lady, she's got a little bit unsteady on her feet. So. Um, if we want to go upstairs, I tend to carry her up and down. So she's learnt to tolerate being picked up when she wants to go upstairs. Mm -hmm. But apart from, that, apart from that, she if you do try and pick her up and hold her, she sort of thrashes around and <laughs> tries to get down. And yes, so that was that's my that's my lap dog who doesn't like sitting. Uh, on lap. It's only taken a few years to get to that stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's. She's a funny girl. She didn't like people much when she was younger. She was um, always one of those dogs who was very, very wary of people she didn't know um, to the point that if, you know, a stranger come up and tried to pat her, she'd try and run away or, or hide. She didn't mm -hmm. like interacting with people she didn't know. However, surprisingly enough, in her old age, as she's gotten older, that's gotten much better to the point now if we have visitors to the house, she'll actually run up to them and, you know, put a pause on them and 
go out for a pat and we just look at her because we're so used to this dog who never wanted to have anything to do with people that she didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure whether it's old age or or she's getting a bit senile, I don't know, but she's actually decided that she likes people now, which is we still think it's odd because we were so used to this dog who didn't like anybody that she didn't know, didn't want to have anything to do with people outside the family. Well, you've mentioned old age. How old is Sass now? She's 11. She was 11, 11 in March. Okay. Which for a small dog is not terribly old, but, you know, she's she's showing some signs of showing ageing. She's, signs, yep. Yeah. She's, Take us back a little bit to, say, the initial introduction in, into the household. So she's three months old and, and then how did she find a way into the, because you had an established pack back then as well, wasn't it? Yes, so we had an established pack. We had three other dogs, a much bigger dog. She's the smallest dog we own and has been all along. Um, and we had often multiple fosters coming and going. So I don't recall any sort of really integration problems. She was pretty much just thrown in with everybody else. It was kind of, you know, this is it, kid. <laughs> um, so we never really had, we didn't sort of take, too much care in introducing her um you know she just had to join the pack and and get along with everyone else now funnily enough she's quite a dominant little girl so when we got her I had a rescued uh Staffy Cross Hazel who was the matriarch of the household and Hazel was the boss of all the dogs plus all the foster dogs she was one of those dogs that didn't do much she was quite quiet she wasn't particularly aggressive but she was obviously very good at getting the message across that she mm -hmm. was the boss nobody messed with her so um you know Arizona came into that household Arizona being her formal name Zass as we call her most of the time so she came into that household and she sort of fitted in quite happily there were sort of never any issues she didn't sort of challenge for dominance but uh Later on down the track, after Hazel had, had passed, Arizona sort of gradually ended up being top dog in the household. Um, and I don't really foster these days. I haven't for a while. And currently we only have three dogs, but she's the boss. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and she was, uh, she has been for quite some time now. Um, I used to have two big male greyhounds rescued boys. They've both now passed on and we had uh, little Zass and she was the boss of both of the big boys. She can walk underneath. She was, you know, she's so little she could just walk straight underneath them. But, yeah. but, she, <laughs> <laughs> but she was the boss. Um, even though she wasn't uh, the oldest, I think one of them was older than her. Um, but now currently we have, uh, four-year-old rescued greyhound female. She's actually at the bottom of the pecking order. And we have a rescued Staffy Cross, a male. He's about six years old. Um, they're all they're all pretty placid dogs, but you know, you can see it when they get get fed. Um, Zass is very picky with her food and she doesn't always finish it, mm -hmm. but none of the other dogs are allowed to take it. Even if she doesn't want it, they're not allowed to have it. <laughs> And she'll stand over her bowl and she just stands there and gives the other dogs these look, this look. And, I mean, as I said, she's the smallest of our dogs. <laughs> but she just stands there in front of her bowl and looks at them and they just turn around and walk away. 
what I end up having to do is because she won't finish hers, um, but she won't let them have it. I have to guard it until I decide that, okay, you've obviously had enough and I pick it up and take it away. And as soon as I move the bowl, she goes and lies down and we're all okay then. But until I move the bowl so that nobody else takes her food, mm-hmm. she just stands there glaring at them if they come anywhere near her. Does she yeah. do this any sort of like resource guarding with, with other things, with toys or anything like that? Or No, only, only her food bowl. Only her food? Yeah, and we've never had skirmishes over it, um, which amazes me when there are other bigger dogs and they want her food. As I said, she just stands there and sort of stares at them until they back down. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when she was younger, um, as far as like taking the dogs out and for walks and exercise, are all sort of like going together or how, how did you manage that? When she was younger, we didn't. Um, I had lived on almost acreage, so like a huge block. So we didn't, and I had lots of dogs, as I said, with her and the others, and dogs coming and going. So she didn't get walked particularly regularly. But when I walk dogs, because I've always had many, it's usually multiples. But um, certainly the last few years, I've been, she gets walked very frequently. Um, we walk most days now. And it used to be her and I had two greyhounds, uh, my big greyhound boy who sadly passed away. He had a heart problem. Um, he was only seven and he passed away earlier this year. Um, but I used to walk the two greyhounds and the whippet, all three of them together. Funny thing, if you've noticed, if you walk dogs, they have this like set pattern. One walks on the left, one walks on the right, the other one walks in the middle. They get in this little, like they all have their spot or that's what I've noticed anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so now, though, it's only the two girls. Um, our, the greyhound I have, her name's Sky. she's quite excitable for a greyhound. Um, most greyhounds are really cruisy and tend to be laid back. Sky's a bit more bouncy than your average greyhound. Um but all greyhounds, if they see something um, that excites their interest, can become quite excited. Mm-hmm. So Sky, if she sees, uh, she's all right with birds now, but if she sees a cat or something, she gets quite <laughs> excited. And I walk them on a loose lead. So if she sees the cat before I realise, she'll start bouncing around. She actually, she'll actually bark. Greyhounds aren't big barkers, but Sky will bark. Not a lot, she- no. So if she sees, a, say, a cat, she starts bouncing around and barking. And Zas, the little whippet, knows that that's naughty and we're not allowed to do that. So she tries to, she has a go at her and tells her off for, for barking and being naughty. She's a, yes, enforces, <laughs> enforces behavioural rules. But generally they're pretty good. We walk on a loose lead. We go most mornings, not far or fast because I let them go at their pace and they like to sniff things and mm-hmm. wander around. But I was saying to someone the other day, we take the same route every day and uh, someone said, oh, why don't you vary it up? I said, well, I could, but the dogs are really creatures of habit and they get used to going a certain way. So if you actually try and go a different direction, they're all like, kind of like, what are you doing? We don't go that way. We go this way. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, they're funny. I was uh, going to say when she was younger, having a, a, an acreage would be great for her to, to run around here and, and have those sort of like zoomies. Yes. 
Yes. And the funniest thing, because I, you know, ever since I had her, I've always had greyhounds. And of course, greyhounds and the whippet all love to do zoomies. And while the greyhounds are technically faster than a whippet, and I'm sure on the straight they probably would be, she corners much tighter than a greyhound does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she could usually, she'd often be what I'd say be the bunny. When you see sighthounds play, um, it's quite a different style of play to say, you know, we've had staffies which like to wrestle. The greyhounds don't wrestle, they like to chase and they kind of like pick one dog and they chase that dog. So she was often the dog that was being chased and I used to worry sometimes in case everybody got a bit overexcited, but she had her little tricks. I mean, apart from the fact that she could corner quicker from than them and generally keep ahead of them that way, um, she also knew I'd seen her do it when everyone was getting quite excited. She would drop to the ground and just lay there really still. And so the other dogs had run over. And if you've ever had a greyhound or a sighthound, they only want to chase something that's moving. As soon as it stops moving, they generally lose interest. So from a very young age, she seemed to have realised that if she just dropped and stayed really still, they'd all, they they do, they'd, they'd look at her and then they'd all go, oh, well, you're no fun, and they'd all wander off. Bored, yeah, no, but, very smart, very intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> she had that, but we also had a, a water tank up on a raised stand, which was just big enough for her to fit under, but not for the greyhounds to fit <laughs> under and mm-hmm. crawled in. So that was also, you know, they were getting a bit close to ducking under there so they couldn't the safety zone yeah but yeah she certainly um was more nimble much more nimble than the greyhounds (laughs) did she ever sort of like turn the tables and do chasing herself or she she enjoyed being the one that's chased i know different dogs have different preferences yeah i never actually saw her chase the bigger dogs so they it always seemed to be that she was the she was the bunny. That's what I, so I probably shouldn't say that. It probably has bad connotation. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was the one that was usually being chased, but she seemed to enjoy it and she'd often initiate it. The, the really funny thing, though, is having, while I've always had greyhounds, I've also always had a, a staffy cross in the mix somewhere. And she loves to play with our staffy cross, Ollie. Um, and she will actually rest, pretty much wrestle with him. Um, so she has adapted her playing style to to his, which I find really interesting. Um, and she still loves to play now, even though she's getting older, and she often initiates play. Um, when we first got him, when he was a pup, he was quite rough in his play, and um, I was worried that he would hurt her because he's a size he's, he's a sizable dog. Even as a pup, mm-hmm. he was. He, not not a tiny little thing and he was and he used to play with it quite rough and there were times where I used to keep an eye on it and I'd just separate them because I thought he was getting too rough but as he's gotten older he's also become much more gentle when often when they play he lies on the ground and sort of wrestles from a, a lying on the ground position while she's the one who's sort of on top but you know she wants him to play and he'll be sitting there minding his own business so she'll go up and start chewing on his back leg (laughs) 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 she is she's often the one that initiates it but he seems to to join join in and they often most days they'll have a a play and they get quite noisy that's another thing um sidehounds don't tend to be very noisy when they play but if you know bully breeds are often noisy Mm -hmm. in fact 
people who aren't used to it can get quite nervous because they're very vocal, they growl a lot and they're vocal. So over the years of her playing with him, she's actually the noisy one now. She makes a <laughs> noise growling in a because I'm working from home and they're, they're often in the same room as me, I've had a couple of occasions where I've been in a Zoom meeting and I've had to put them outside because they're making so much noise. I've had to say to people, um, it's okay, it's just my dogs, they're just playing. It, it's fine. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, so, so I think it's funny how, you know, their play, her play style is, has changed over time to adapt to her, her favourite playmate. Oh, very nice. So, she got any uh, favorite places to go? Inside the house or outside the house? Oh, or anything. Anything. <laughs> um, she she does like to go for her walks. As I said, we sort of follow the same path, and we go. Um, I'm in a suburban area, but in a quieter, like a cul-de-sac, and we go through there. And there's a bit of a park, so we have a wander around the park. She enjoys that. Um. When we're home, she likes sleeping on my bed if she can, if I let her in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she also likes sunbaking. So we've already had to have a few little lumpy things removed, unfortunately, because she's a, um, she's a white with patches of like a pale brindle, but she loves sunbaking. She really feels the cold. She has multiple outfits and coats and pyjamas and she seems to like wearing clothes. But she also likes if there's any sunshine at all outside, you'll find her outside in a little curled up asleep in a sunny spot in the garden. That's sort of her favourite. So inside, you mentioned on the bed, is there any Mm. competition with the other dogs in the household for that or do they have separate rules? Um, Where we used to live before, they were never allowed in the bedroom, so it was never really an issue. But where we are here, they... And because I've been home, working from home for, for several months now, um, I was trying to keep them all out of the bedroom, but I kind of gave up. Sometimes I forget to close the door to the bedroom and then they'll sneak in. So, <laughs> yes, does have competition because Sky the Greyhound would spend all day sleeping on the bed if she could. And if Sky's up on the bed first and, and Zas goes to jump up. Now, this is the only time where the rules are reversed and, Zass is not the boss. Sky will growl at her when she goes to jump up on the bed. Um, so I usually just keep an eye on that and tell Sky that Zass is also allowed on the bed and she can just stop running. <laughs> yeah, and um, Ollie, the, the staffy cross, joins them on the bed sometimes. He tends to like, if I have the door open, um, Zass and Ollie will both sort of wander in and out. Whereas Sky, like most of the greyhounds I've had, really prefers to be an indoor dog. And most of the greyhounds I've had only go outside to go to the toilet. The rest of the time, if they have their choice, they'd much rather be inside um, on a nice cosy bed, preferably my bed, if they can get in there. <laughs> That's um, a bit of a misconception a lot of people have, but they're, they're really just big lounge lizards. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> Even Sky, who, as I said, is a bit more active and bouncy than other greyhounds, still would still loves to spend the majority of her time sleeping on, on a nice cosy bed. Yeah. Uh, nice. So um, what about, uh, say, water? Does that like swimming or? No, she's not no. a fan. 
no. Um, and I, I've tried getting like a kiddie pool, like the shell pools to put in the backyard for summer when it's really hot, if any of the dogs. None of the dogs I currently have like to get in the water, um, although I have had other dogs that have. But Zass is very funny. For a long time we lived near Canberra and sometimes that little pool would have a thin layer of ice on the top of it. She actually likes to eat the ice off the top of the water. <laughs> okay, <laughs> doesn't like yep. swimming. <laughs> doesn't like swimming, but she would uh, actually crunch on the little flakes of ice that were forming on top of the water in the cold weather. So strange. Yeah, I can understand that on a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she has her. She has some idiosyncrasies. She does. Uh, we have a bit of an issue with uh, separation anxiety, mm-hmm. which we really discovered not so much when she was young, but at one point where we moved house and uh, we moved house, we moved to a new place which she was unfamiliar with, and and everyone went out like it was one of those things where we're moving and then we've got to start work straight away the next day, and she's. In her younger days, not now, but in her younger days, she was quite the quite the uh, escape artist. She could jump really high and she can climb. So she got left in this strange house all alone and took off. Uh, came home, and there was no dog. Um, well, there was one dog. There was the other, she disappeared. She actually went missing for about a week. Um, wow, a week. Yeah, this is about seven about seven years ago. I was frantic and we were looking everywhere for her. Um, had Facebook and that then, so we were posting everywhere we could. And people, at this stage, it was when she didn't really like people. So we were getting these sightings. People were seeing this, this little dog because she'd run away wearing red pyjamas. So, you know, <laughs> <with> red, <laughs> <Yep>. red pyjamas. <laughs> running around the neighbourhood was and people were saying, oh, yes, we saw her here, we saw her there. Um, um, finally, I had a lady say, oh, I've seen her down. The lady lived in like a suburban house but backed onto um, a property. She said, oh, I've seen your little dog around. And uh, when we went there and called her, she came running almost immediately. She must have been living on this in some scrub on this property so that's not the only time she's escaped oh, there was another what, time she what was sort of through. condition was she in after a week <laughs> she wasn't too, she wasn't too bad after a week she seemed to have been um survived okay she was mm-hmm. obviously finding something to eat and water you know so she was she was all right um yeah she had this bad habit so another time she jumped the fence and was gone for three days it was a bit tricky because when we moved, we moved from our own home into a rental and uh, the, strictly speaking, the lease said the dogs were meant to be outside. So once she got used to that property, it was okay, but she, we re- realised that she didn't like being outside once it got dark if there was nobody home. So she was fine to be outside in the yard during the day and we could go out. But if it got dark and nobody was home, then she'd jump the fence and go looking for company, we think. <laughs> okay, yep. <laughs> uh, we had some issues. Um, we tried all sorts of things. Um, in the end, I made sure that if no one was going to be home, she had access to the house because if she could get inside once it went dark, she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is thunderstorms. She doesn't like thunderstorms, so, you know, 
she had to have access to the house. So we ended up not doing what strictly what the lease said because she always had to have access to the house because otherwise if she got scared or upset, she'd just jump the fence and, and right. disappear. So did she come home by herself after the, the three-day holiday? No, someone handed her into a local vet. <laughs> oh, okay. There's the value in having a dog chipped. Yes, yes, definitely. There were other times where she'd just disappear overnight and come back in the morning. Um, you know, it was sort of an ongoing thing with her and I tried. It's very difficult when you're renting. I couldn't just rip all the fences down and replace them with six-foot colour bonds. So I tried various things to try and deter her from jumping out, which didn't always work so well. Um, but we found as she got older, she just sort of stopped. And, and now, as I said, she's a bit, a little bit wobbly on her legs, which the vet doesn't seem too concerned with. But she doesn't. And we've now we've moved again now to a place which does have six foot colourblind fences. So, <laughs> but she sort of eventually she eventually stopped. But it was always I don't know. I've heard trainers say that fence jumping is something that's very hard to stop dogs from doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've worked around it as much as we could. But now, if you if you know now, there's a relatively new sport, GRC, and one of the events in it is a wall climb, and it sounds like Zas would would have done great in that, just to run charge and run up a wall. <laughs> she would, yes. I remember once or twice going away on holidays and putting the dogs in kennels. Didn't happen very often. Um, but I think twice I put them in kennels over a period of many years, but I had to make sure that the kennels were completely enclosed with a roof, etc. because I said <laughs> otherwise she, if you've just got to run without a roof, she'll get out. But it wasn't worth doing because she got so stressed um, and she'd come back in poor condition because she just wouldn't eat. And so we just didn't do that. For many years I didn't do holidays. Now I... Um, now if I want to go somewhere I'll get a house sitter and dogs can stay at home and someone comes and minds them that works so much better than than putting Mm -hmm. them in it's actually cheaper than putting them in kennels if you've got several dogs because kennels charge by the dog where house sitters usually just give you a you know a, a set fee and the dogs are much much happier if they can you know just stay in their familiar surroundings Uh, sounds like a good strategy to have yeah. So, do she have any like uh, favorite toys or games that she likes to play? Oh yes, she loves pillow pets. So, uh, you left a <laughs> pillow pet. You left to tell me what pillow pets is. <laughs> pillow pets are a soft toy for children, um, and they're like a pillow, but they sort of like got a head. They look you know sort of like an animal usually mm-hmm. we've got a selection we've got a horse and a ladybird and um a pig and so they they're meant for children so they're, they're kind of like something that they can snuggle up and sleep with but also like a toy and they're that kind of very soft plush so we discovered at one point i don't know how that she really likes these pillow pets so they don't actually sell them anymore um, when I realised that, I scoured eBay and secondhand places and I have a stash of about half a dozen that are put away so that when they eventually get destroyed, I've got, I've okay. got a supply. 
Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, so what does she actually do with the pillow pets? Sometimes she'll wrestle with them, um, you know, play with them, but she's quite gentle. She doesn't rip them. It's only I have to keep them away from the other dogs because the other dogs tend to, to rip them up. But she'll wrestle with them. She dra- used to drag them outside. Thankfully, she doesn't seem to do that so much anymore because they'd end up getting covered in dirt and twigs and things. <laughs> but then when she's finished wrestling with them, she'll actually sort of curl up and actually use them as a pillow and go to sleep with them. So, yeah, her favourite one at the moment is a horsey one. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, when you say favourite, does she uh, like actively pick a, a favourite one? We've got two sort of out at the moment. So there's a horsey and there's a, um, a hungry caterpillar one. She doesn't seem to be very fond of the hungry caterpillar one. She doesn't play with <laughs> She chooses the horsey every time. But, um, yes, as I said, she has to have supervised play with them because if, if we leave them just lying around and the other dogs get them, they they very quickly shred them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're her, they're her toys and the other dogs aren't allowed to play with them. <laughs> Ah, nice. Um, so when you said that she took her quite some time to uh, warm up to people. Yes. Different people that she sort of like would yes and no or it was just like a lot of people in, in general? People in general. She's always been one a, a real one-person dog, much more so than any of my other dogs. So she's very attached to me. Um, she prefers my still prefers my company to pretty much anybody else. Although, as I said, she doesn't like being picked up or cuddled or fussed over. She's, I think, she's much more like a cat than a dog because she chooses <laughs> when she wants affection. Um, and she does this weird thing like she's always very pleased to see me when I've been out, and she actually comes and like rubs up against my legs like a, like a cat does. That's her preferred sort of form of affection rather than being picked up or cuddled or anything she sort of just likes that so me um you know my children she thinks they're okay well they're not children anymore they're grown up now she kind of thought they were okay it was almost like she tolerate them but I was her her person I do remember when she was quite young uh, my mum who's now passed away mum always loved dogs uh, and lived in a different city. So when she'd come to visit, she was quite determined that she was going to win Zass over. So she'd always bring treats and make a fuss of her. And eventually she did make friends with Zass and Zass was quite happy to see her, even though she didn't usually let other people, she wouldn't let other people touch her. You know, anyone that wasn't in the family, um, you couldn't touch her. Uh, not that she was, she never tried to snap or bite people, but she'd just like run away or, or hide, made it very obvious she didn't want anyone to, to mm. touch her. Um, so, yeah, but as I said, it's quite, we still think it's strange now when my daughter's friends might come over and walk in and, and she'll run up to them and, and, you know, put a pause on them and want to have a pat because she was just not like that when she was younger. It's, it's kind of changed gradually, but now she seems pretty happy to talk to anyone, which is really weird. I don't know why. I've got no idea why that changed. <laughs> it's an okay. odd thing. So how's her life been, say, medically-wise? Has she ever had any sort of issues? Um, 
Not really. She's had a couple of little lumpy things removed from her tummy, which is from lying out in the sun, uh, none of which have been sort of cancerous. She's um, had a couple of accidents. One time when she jumped the fence, she got caught and she um, cut herself. Um, she had to have surgery to repair that injury. And one other time, it was very strange. Um, she's always gotten on with the other dogs here, but one day, I don't know what happened, The one of the big greyhounds bit her. Only time that that's ever happened that I've... I wasn't in the room. I heard it, but I didn't see it, so I don't know what happened. But he actually um, injured her and she had to go and have that. She had to have surgery and have that repaired as well. So she's had a couple of accidents. Um, the only other odd thing is the bit of wobbliness in her legs, which my vet seems to not doesn't seem to think is much to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to have hyperflexion in her front uh ankle joints and sort of goes over on them so occasionally she sort of stumbles or loses a balance a bit but um he said the best thing that said the best thing is making sure we continue going for walks and things and and that does seem to seem to be good for her but no apart from that no major health issues she was dissexed when she was about six months old because well she has a pedigree I kind of toyed with the idea of maybe showing her but decided that really wasn't my thing. And because we had different foster dogs coming and going, I decided that I didn't want to have to deal with her being on heat and keeping her separated from other dogs. Mm-hmm. So she was dissexed at, I think she was just on six months old. Uh, so, okay. yeah, she's quite... She's quite little for a wee bit. She's on the small and slight side of the scale. I don't know. Some people think that uh, dissexing early affects their growth, um, but I believe that she comes from a line of fairly small whippets anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, and her shyness with people, did that have any sort of issues when you did have to go to see like the vet or anything else like that? No, she's never really happy with it, but she's never, as I said, she's never been aggressive or... Um, yeah, she does. She's obviously not very happy, but she doesn't um, get to the stage that it's a, a real issue. Uh, these days, it doesn't seem to bother her so much now. She doesn't seem to mind going to the vet. One of the uh, questions I ask everyone is to complete the sentence, I can't believe my dog ate. Oh, chocolate? Chocolate, so, yeah, that's a, I've, I've had that a couple of times. <laughs> chocolate is one of her favourite things. She oh, loves that's it. not good. <laughs> she has eaten it more than once in her lifetime and I have to be very careful because she is adept at finding wherever I've hidden the chocolate. She can also open drawers and cupboards that aren't closed properly, we have discovered over the years. Mm-hmm. Um the big one, though, was the day I went to bed and uh, left a backpack in the lounge room, which the dogs had access to, or the living area, and I knew there was um, chocolate in my backpack, but I'd made sure it was fully zipped up. And to come out in the morning, to, uh, I do not know how a animal without opposable thumbs managed to undo a zipper and get chocolate out of a bag. But she did. Okay. So there you go. 
That's that's the thing that she eats that she really shouldn't. Did that uh, cause a vet, a vet trip? No, surprisingly, um, most times she's only eaten it, or well, all times she's only eaten a small amount, and I've just kept a good eye on her, and she has not actually shown any sort of adverse reaction, which we were fortunate. We had, I remember a vet visit with one of our old staffies, though, that's now passed on because he managed to steal uh, three quarters of a family block of chocolate. Um, And he, yeah, he wasn't real well. Mm. (laughs) He was fine, but I think he had a tummy ache. (laughs) Okay. So apart from the the chocolate, she doesn't really, hasn't really got into anything she's not supposed to. Um, No, not really. I think we were talking earlier about my greyhound's fondness for eating cat poo, but no, Zas doesn't. <laughs> Zas doesn't seem to seek that out as much as some of the other dogs I've had, which which is a good thing. Um, no, nothing. Oh, she eats dirt occasionally. That's very strange, and I looked that up. Apparently it's not a completely uncommon thing and not bad unless they're doing it all the time. So occasionally she'll go in the backyard and do scratch around a bit and eat a bit of dirt, which is very strange. Okay. Is there any sort of um, things or, or habits that she that she has that you, when you say ask her to do something, that she doesn't do it but sort of knows that she should? Oh, yes. Yes. She's actually one of my naughtiest dogs. When she wants to, she will be very good, but she she has this weird thing sometimes where she's out in the backyard sunbaking or doing something and I might want her to come inside and I'll call her and call her to come inside and she just won't. She sort of stands there and looks at me and won't come in the house. And then if I go outside and try to get her, she'll run away. But the weird thing is I discovered the easy trick because I'll go out and call her and she won't come. I'll say, right, stay out there. Then I walk inside and close the door. As soon as I close the door, she comes running up the stairs at the back door. It's almost like that game, you know, you play with when, when you're children where someone turns their back and everyone has to, statues, everyone has to sneak up and then when you turn around, they stop. She does that. So if she's, <laughs> if she's up the backyard and I call her and she won't come and I go inside and close the door, but if I open it too early and look out before she's right near the door, she'll freeze and she'll just stop where she is and she <laughs> won't come. And then I have to go in and close the door again and wait and then she'll come back down to the back door. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, a strange <laughs> No, no, she sounds like a lovely dog. <laughs> oh, she is. We love her. But I did dub her the evil whippet for a while because she's, yes, she has certainly has a mind of her own. <laughs> well, I was going to say thank you very, very much for sharing the uh, life of Zaz, or Arizona, if we should call her by her formal name. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I have enjoyed chatting very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you for letting me come and talk about Zaz. I'm always happy to talk about my dogs. I like talking about them. I also enjoy talking to them. Um, I figured instead of the crazy old cat lady, I was going to be the crazy old dog lady. So, you know, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I'd go wrong with that. Thank you very much again. Take care. Welcome. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, 
why not tell a friend about it? And feel free to join our little Facebook community on the Relax Dog Podcast Facebook group. A little extra shout out. Thank you to our new listeners in Dublin, in Ireland and in Boardman, USA. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.